Hi, thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Howard Unger, and The Pharmacist is in. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening. I hope everybody is doing well. Interesting to notice uh, on American TV, the advertisements, especially the advertisements for the pharmaceutical industry and what they're narrowing in on in terms of conditions that they're seeing in the American public. And it's kind of a barometer of the American health and where uh, the pharmaceutical companies are putting their resources into treating these specific conditions. And I look upon most of the commercials today as a barometer of what trends are occurring, uh, whether it be clothes, toys, electronics, and now obviously health. So one of the interesting areas that I've been hearing more and more on terms in terms of TV and commercials is heart failure, or what is known as congestive heart failure. So I thought that what we would do this episode is talk about heart failure, what it is, what causes it, how it works, its pathology, or what it does, and what some of the ways we can prevent it, uh, if we can, as well as some of the treatments that are going on now. So I'd like to present that and uh, talk about that. So the first question is, what is heart failure? As we've talked in earlier episodes, the heart is the pump. It is, uh, can, and I love to use analogies, and I'll be using one very shortly. What occurs here in heart failure is some type of damage has occurred to the heart or the heart muscle, and it isn't pumping effectively and efficiently. And because of that, the amount of blood or fluid that is being pumped out of the heart reduces more and more. So here's the analogy, and everybody who knows and has listened to the podcast in earlier episodes knows I love to do, use analogies uh, to the body. Think of it as your house. You, have, you buy a pump that is specifically suited for your house, and it pumps water throughout your pipes and throughout the house. And the amount of fluid that goes into the pump is appropriate to the amount of fluid that goes out of the pump. Now, let's say after a few years, your water being hard, you start to get deposits in your pump. Uh, excuse me. You start to get deposits in your pipes. And this narrows the amount of water going into the pump. Well, now the pump is not pumping effectively and efficiently because the amount of water that's going into the heart, or into the pump, I should say, is less. So now the pump has to be work harder to pump out the same amount of fluid or water out, out to the house through the pipes. More and more, the, the uh, corrosion or the minerals add up into the interior of the pipe and it gets more narrower. And what occurs is the pump now kind of fails because the amount of fluid going into the pump can't sustain the amount of fluid leaving the pump going through the pipes of your house. So let's say at this point you say, I need to get a bigger pump buy a bigger pump, stronger pump, and now it continues. And you see a certain amount of relief for a while, but what occurs is at some point, more and more minerals build up into the pipes and that pump fails. This kind of works, like, this is kind of a good analogy to the heart. In many cases, what occurs is the actual heart gets larger, physically gets larger. It tries to compensate for the lack of being able to pump enough fluid 
outside of the heart to the body by getting larger and pumping more forcibly. But the problem is, the heart can get larger to a certain extent, and then it goes into failure because the heart cannot pump any stronger because of the physical limitations that the heart has. And this is where we start to involve heart failure. And this is what we call heart failure. Actually, throughout the whole process, it's called heart failure. And what occurs is because the heart can no longer pump effectively and efficiently, the amount of fluid being pumped out of the heart into the body starts to back up. And what occurs is you start to have symptoms of congestive heart failure, such as fluid accumulating in different parts of the body, legs, feet, lungs. And that's where we start to get the word congestive. It congests because of the backup of fluid, because the heart can no longer pump effectively because it's in failure to the body. So that's what congestive heart failure is. I know when people think of heart failure, they think of, well, how can the heart fail? Because if the heart fails, uh, the individual would be dead. But no, it, it goes through a process of effective and efficient pumping. The occurrence of heart failure is about six, seven million people in the United States. So it is quite common. And one of the reasons why the pharmaceutical industry is addressing this type of condition. Now, there are a number of different types of heart failure. Sometimes you'll hear them called right-sided heart failure, left-sided heart failure, a little too technical. But what we really want to know is what are the causes of heart failure? How can, what, what should I be looking for? And what are the causes of heart failure? Hypertension is one cause of heart failure, uh, where you have a situation where uh, there is maybe some type of atherosclerosis and the blood has to, the heart has to pump more forcibly to get the amount of fluid out of the heart to the body that was, that's appropriate to keep the body sustained. Diabetes is one of the major causes. Coronary artery disease, or what we call CAD, coronary artery disease, is another cause of congestive heart failure. Certain types of heart failure are caused by damage to the heart muscle itself, where you may have had a heart attack or there's a disease of the heart muscle, where now the heart has to compensate because part of it, its muscle, its structure has been damaged. And now the heart now has to increase possibly in size, work harder to try to get the same amount of fluid out of the heart if the heart was healthy. So. One of the areas is alcohol abuse. Alcohol actually is a toxin and is toxic to the heart and to muscle tissue. So alcohol abuse is one. Rheumatic fever. Rheumatic fever is, um, uh, is caused by strep, uh, a particular type of bacteria that can damage blood, uh, that can damage heart valves, not allowing them to work properly and therefore congestion of the blood, backup of the blood. The heart isn't pumping the amount of blood out uh, to the body as it should normally. So you get congestion there. Family history of what we call cardiac myopathy, which is just a big word saying something wrong with the heart muscle. If you have a family history, drugs can damage the heart. Illicit drugs damage the heart. Also, chemotherapeutic medications, cancer treatment, cancer drugs can, some of them, affect the heart tissue and potentially cause a problem damage to heart tissue. So 
not only is it due to, let's say, uh, hypertension and diabetes and metabolic syndromes such as diabetes, uh, but it also can be due to an actual physical damage to the heart and where the heart cannot properly pump effectively and efficiently and the fluid coming out of the heart is not sustaining or the heart needs to pump more forcefully uh, due to the fact of the damage and potentially enlarge its size physically to compensate. And that's the word. The heart is trying to compensate for some type of either damage prior to the heart, such as hypertension, which could be caused by cardiac uh, or uh, cardiovascular disease, atherosclerosis, uh, diabetes, a metabolic problem, or it can be it needs to compensate due to damage to the tissue, the heart tissue itself. So getting back to some of the statistics, really about six to seven million people in the United States um, have heart failure or congestive heart failure, and about 870,000 get diagnosed each year, new cases, and it's one of the leading causes of hospitalization for ages over 65. Now, let me say this, that congestive heart failure can occur at any particular age. However, it does seem to affect the uh, older generation or older or higher ages more than the younger ones. So now that we've discussed what heart failure is, who it affects, what are some of the symptoms? How would I know that I have, I'm going into or starting to have some type of symptom of heart failure? If you have shortness of breath, and I'm not talking after exercises, let's say, for example, you're just doing simple, minimal exercise, walking, a simple activity, and you start to feel you're constantly getting short of breath. That is one of the symptoms of congestive heart failure feeling tired, fatigued all the time, weakness in the legs, swelling in your legs and ankles. Generally, that's what will occur because you're on your feet, gravity pulls down the liquid, fluids. You start to get swelling in the ankles, in the feet, in the legs. Because the heart is, being, is failing, it cannot pump that fluid effectively and efficiently throughout the body. Weight gain, which is usually due to um, fluid weight gain. Rapid or irregular heartbeats, the need to urinate frequently, dry hacking coughs all the time, that full bloated feeling, uh, loss of appetite, uh, a hard stomach. All of these are indication of congestive heart failure. Obviously, when you look at symptoms, you have to look at the right, the big picture. If you, would, if you experience any combination of these or any one of them, especially shortness of breath, it's really important that you contact your healthcare provider immediately to uh, investigate and see why you're having that symptom. Now, sometimes the symptoms can be mild, but unfortunately, one of the key points here is it doesn't get better. Congestive heart failure does not get better if left untreated. So if you have symptoms and you don't get them treated or you don't go to your healthcare provider, it's not going to go away. And in fact, it will get worse. So don't think that this is something that, oh, after time, it'll leave you. It'll be fine. No, it's something that needs to be treated and treated immediately. So how do they diagnose congestive heart failure? Uh, blood tests, chest x-rays, they look at the heart, the size of the heart. The normal size of a heart falls within a range. If the heart seems to be enlarged, 
this is an indication that the heart is trying to compensate for its lack of effectiveness and efficiency in pumping. They do EKGs, MRIs, stress tests, a number of different type of exams and tests can diagnose congestive heart failure. So how do you treat heart failure? Well, heart failure is really categorized in four specific stages, stage A, B, C, and D. And as with, uh, you would think logically, that treatment gets more and more aggressive as you go from stage A to B and B to C and C to D. In stage A, it's, it's relatively a mild case of congestive heart failure. There are normal changes in your um, daily life. And we've talked about this with high blood pressure, reduction in salt intake, exercise, reduction in alcohol or abstinence of alcohol, Absten you know, obviously not smoking or smoking cessation. We will have a reduction in caloric intake, more active activities. They will put you, uh, general treatments are usually putting a patient on uh, ACE inhibitors, uh, angiotensin converting en enzyme inhibitors to treat the potential high blood pressure that may be causing this. All of this is to reduce, and, and this is the key, reduce the workload on the heart. By reducing the workload on the heart, it's like taking that pump in your house, cleaning the pipes from the corrosive minerals, and allowing the amount of work that the pump does to properly and effectively pump the fluid or pump the water out of the pump in throughout the pipes of the house. So it reduces the amount of time or the amount of energy needed for that pump to compensate for the lack of fluid or lack of blood, in this case with the heart, but the lack of fluid or water going into the pump and that pump having to have to work harder to pump out the same amount of water out of the pump that it would if there were no problems in the pipes. The same here. It by basically to reduce the workload of the heart. So it pumps more effectively and more efficiently. Stage B, more aggressive drug therapy. As you go from stage A to stage B, you get increasing amount of medications that you're on. When we move into stage C or D, obviously the amount of medications radically increases to treat the, uh, or to help the heart function more, more effectively and efficiently. So you're adding on more and more medications. And in stage D, there are potentials for intervention, uh, surgeries, and um, procedures like that. So those are the stages of heart failure. So how can we prevent heart failure? We've talked about what it is, the symptoms, what causes it, the different stages of heart failure, the fact that we have a number of a good large population in the United States at risk, and you get an increase in risk as you get older. So how can we prevent heart failure, congestive heart failure? Staying at a healthy weight. That's the first one. Making sure that we have a proper diet, that we're not in the obese and obviously the morbidly obese areas. That's one. Exercising regularly. Eating good foods, not high caloric high fat or um, processed foods, managing your stress, obviously not smoking, reducing alcohol intake or not taking in any alcohol, not using any recreational or illicit drugs. If you do have 
a metabolic condition such as diabetes or a condition that could lend itself or progress to congestive heart failure, making sure you manage that condition properly. These are some of the activities to be proactive in prevention of congestive heart failure. Now, on my or in my um, show notes, I'll have a list of medications that are used to treat congestive heart failure. Many of them we've discussed in earlier episodes. Uh, I had mentioned before the angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors. Uh, I've mentioned the angiotensin receptor site blockers or the ARBs. If you really want to um, refresh your memory, uh, go back to the uh, episodes on hypertension. That'll give you a good overall view of the medications that are generally used, as well as uh, diuretics or water pills. Again, I've covered them extensively in some of the earlier podcasts and how they reduce the work that the, that the heart has to do. Again, if the heart goes into failure, it needs to compensate for that failure. And what it does is it enlarges in size. There is one medication that I do want to talk about uh, that I have not covered in any of the other episodes, and that is a medication called digoxin. Digoxin is many times used in the treatment of heart failure, and the reason why, uh, and it's been used for many, many, many years, and the reason being that it allows the heart to pump more effectively and efficiently, while it also reduces the rate of the heart. And what I mean by that is there are two stages to the actual pumping mechanism of the heart. One is the force of contraction, how forcefully that heart muscle contracts. And two is the rate of contraction. More or less, you can consider your pulse or heartbeats. The key here is to have the heart pump more forcefully, but not increase your heart rate because increasing your heart rate creates an inefficient pumping mechanism or activity. Digoxin increases the force of contraction while decreasing the rate of contraction. Let me say that again. Digoxin increases the force of contraction of the heart while decreasing the rate of contraction of the heart. And that's what the benefit of digoxin does. Digoxin is a very potent medication and needs to be taken properly. There is, a, there is a narrow range of toxicity with digoxin. So it's important that you follow the directions. Usually digoxin is taken once a day. So it's important that you remember that you've taken it because taking another tablet or two can get you into very big trouble with, tox with digoxin toxicity. You may find some of the common side effects are possibly a bit of dizziness some fast pounding effects, you know, of, on your heart. You feel your heart is, is, is increasing in rate or um, a pounding sensation, uh, maybe a bit of an irregular heartbeat, maybe even a slower heart rate. Be aware of that. Those are common side effects. They generally pass, but if you feel concerned, absolutely contact your healthcare provider. What you need to be aware of is if you start to see your vision getting blurry or there may be color changes in what you perceive in your vision. You start to hear some type of ringing in your ear. Those are indications that you need to, uh, those, are, those are serious indications that you really need to contact your healthcare provider immediately and talk to them about 
these particular symptoms that you're having if you're on digoxin or even if you're not on digoxin. That's something that you want to make sure your healthcare provider knows. With digoxin, you have to be careful about any other medications you take as well as any over-the-counter medications, especially medications that contain calcium. So taking calcium supplements, multivitamins, taking uh, anything that has calcium in it can be a problem. It's really important that you talk to your pharmacist uh, prior to purchasing any of the uh, over-the-counter medications and making sure your pharmacist knows you're on digoxin and checking with the medication profile that you're on so that there is no drug interaction. A lot of things, for example, like herbal teas, anything herbal, we don't know really what those contain and there could be an interaction with digoxin. So it's best to make sure you stay away from any of these natural supplements that we're not sure what's in them. So I hope this has explained a bit about congestive heart failure. Much of the information on medications I've gone over in previous episodes to treat high blood pressure, those would be any of the uh, angiotensin, converting enzyme inhibitors, ARBs, uh, water pills, and other beta blockers, those are all in the hypertension episode and a few others. Just keep yourself, uh, if you're looking to get more information on this, on medications being used, I'll have a list on my show notes. I'll also, I also have lists in those, in those specific episodes that address things like hyper, the areas like hypertension. So I hope this has answered all of your questions or some of your questions about congestive heart failure which I seem to see more and more activity from the pharmaceutical companies on advertisements on TV. And I hope that if you have any further questions, talk to your pharmacist, talk to your healthcare provider, get the information. You have a right to know. So until next time, this is Howard Unger, and The Pharmacist is In. This has been The Pharmacist is In podcast, hosted by Howard Unger. If you like what you heard, please click on the subscribe button. And if you feel so, leave comments in the star rating below. It really helps the podcast in gaining greater exposure to larger audiences. And why not? This is important information. I would like to mention I have no affiliation with any pharmaceutical company or medical institution, nor do I represent any product, product line, or corporate pharmacy entities. Please remember that this podcast is not a substitute for your healthcare provider. If you should have any questions concerning diagnosis or treatment, contact your trusted healthcare provider. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me next week for the Pharmacist is In podcast. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay medication smart.